0: This is the new blue review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 High FM, and uh, someone said to me the other day that maybe the pandemic is over, but in some places, uh, it's just over with a mask. So that means that maybe finally culture can start getting back to where it was. Uh, we've seen some, um, uh, we've seen some interesting. Things happening in culture, people coming back even to classic, uh, organized, in-person culture again. I I wrote an article in the Jewish Report this weekend about uh, the Johannesburg Philharmonic Orchestra, who recently finished their season, uh, including some interesting Israeli um, uh, operas and pianists and whatever. Uh, so so there's a lot going on when it comes to culture and to help us through it is our cultural correspondent, Alice Anderson. How are you? How are you doing?
1: Good, how are you Benji?
0: I'm very, very well. Now Alice, I'm very excited to see, uh, first on our list, the fact that there is a local premiere of a movie. Nice to see some local movies being
1: made at the moment. Yeah, so there, there, I see there's a lot of stuff being advertised. Um, there's Netflix things being put together. That actually just basically put something like 900 million Rand. Netflix just committed to making productions here. So, yeah, people are getting, you know, they're, they're getting back into cinema. And it's quite exciting to see what we can actually come up with now. And, um, you know, how we can actually get on the map again, sort of post-COVID.
0: So tell us a little bit about what some of those are.
1: Sure. So, well, so there's basically been, is a, is a horror film that, a lot of it's like, you know, the titles haven't been released yet, but there's a horror film that's coming out based on South African myths and legends, which people are waiting for. And then there's a few theater productions which will be screened, you know, on, on cinema. Um, one's set in the minds. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's stuff coming out, but as I said, the, it's it's just, um, it promises from Netflix. We're just waiting for the actual official announcement.
0: So is this um, uh is this the this 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 movie that you, you're you talking about the
1: the the local movie, is that is that being re- released on netflix not in, in in cinemas yeah so it'll be screened on netflix and then i suppose the idea is that some netflix productions will also be at you know in a Corny metro in okay, partnership well,
0: that'll be that'll be very interesting i mean do you think we're likely to start seeing more of that because uh, you know we noticed in the in the Oscars, it passed uh, certain sort of antics of the actual actors, but uh, there was the, the one of the, the films that won this year was actually an Apple TV film, but obviously not everyone has access to every single screening service. So do you think that you're gonna start seeing it as a way for um, for these companies to extend their
1: reach for people who might not have access to their specific platform? Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's definitely the case is that it's, it's media working together as opposed to, you know, you're you competing against one another. So it, you, you can't just have cinemas like an and to a or competing head-on of Netflix. They need to work together. Um, and that's, that's effectively... Sorry, the film's called Tundo, which is releasing on the 8th of April. That's the, the local South African film. And this is about um, South Netflix. African myths and legends. Uh, that's a different one, yeah. But Tundo is the first one which is coming on... That's a drama which is releasing on next Friday. Amazing, um, and,
0: and and I see that also. There's uh, been some quite innovative ways in which things like Netflix are engaging in real life. Uh, there was this giant Bridgerton party that they had, where everyone got to dress up as if it was
1: medie, well, not quite medieval times, more like Victorian era. It seems to have had
0: uh, a, a lot of fun on, on social media.
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's the whole thing. I, th- I think Netflix has realised that there's so many different streaming services which are trying to take them on even. So your Apple's, you know, HBO, it's got Peacock, things like that. So they have to kind of integrate media. And, you know, so they do it differently in each market or each country they're in. Where particularly shows, you know, popular, something like Bridgerton's incredibly popular in the UK. Obvious reasons, it's kind of set in this UK world, like a Victorian world. So, yeah, you'll see lots of collabs like that. Um, And, of course, we saw Coda winning for Apple winning, Academy Awards, they still Netflix still hasn't won a Best Picture Oscar yet. But what tends to happen is because of things like the pandemic, and because people are less less commonly going out to cinemas and less to watch like blockbusters, things will release concurrently on streaming and cinema, although at least like a two weeks before on the cinema then streaming. Even saw that with June, which was a massive film last year, which was a blockbuster. So some people have just decided that they're never going to go to the cinema again maybe they then get kids and they change their mind or they send their kids to kids' movies. But yeah, um, the, the, I think the overarching message is that media is changing and how we consume it is changing. It's becoming a hybrid model.
0: Now, on the Netflix front as well, Al, they are also offer, offering writing seminars. That sounds very interesting. Tell us about that.
1: yes yeah, so, so what's quite interesting is if you just kind of just scour the internet, someone like me who writes, read about screenwriting, read about scripts, read about movies, you'll often see adverts for things like join this Netflix seminar, somebody from Netflix or someone affiliated to Netflix will show you how to write a series pilot or the the kinds of things they want in a Netflix script. So yes, it, it does become a bit formulaic potentially, and let's not lie, some of the stuff that Netflix put out is very formulaic, but yeah, it's really about pumping out content worldwide, and that's why we're seeing that people aren't just watching like American made netflix shows but they're watching things from south korea like we saw with squid game and you know other series these things from the uk things from germany like dark things from asia as i said there's all kinds of stuff being made at the moment sure and it's uh, it's, it's just because of the world i suppose it's, it's the democratization of entertainment which we are witnessing
0: yeah absolutely i think very uh, interesting processes so how are you you considering uh, writing a script for netflix
1: um yeah so I, I need to get back into those seminars but i am working on a couple of concepts i think what's key though is the way you sell it because obviously if you sell something from south africa i guess they expect a south african angle and i you know just like uh, many countries South africa is diverse so you know what a south african story to me is different to a south african storage from you know someone in the eastern cape for example you know, there are all kinds of ideas, and it's, a lot of it, Things is in the sales pitch. I mean, one show I just would like to flag, which is, I found was really good, is called Krakow Monsters, which is a Polish show that's just released. And that's like an interesting kind of psychological, supernatural thriller made in Poland. So it's, I think what you're also finding is that people have watched American and British TV and cinema for, you know, decades, and now this is how they're interpreting it from their country or from their culture.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very, very interesting. We're talking to Alistair Anderson today. He's our cultural correspondent for the show. And uh, you are listening to 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 High FM. Al, on the sporting side of things, the World Cup is coming. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so they had the World Cup draw. Um, this past Friday, and they've kind of done the best they could, given that not all the teams that, you know, the qualification isn't actually complete yet, partly because of the crisis, you know, the war in Ukraine. But, for example, we still have to see um, Scotland still needs to play Ukraine, and then the winner of that game will play Wales, and then, based on that, we'll have the final team from Europe for tournament. But it is quite interesting. I think the draws very um quite evenly split. There isn't really a group of death. Um, I mean, one of the most interesting groups is uh, England's drawn against the USA and Iran. Um, And then, as said, Scotland, Wales or Ukraine are sitting in that group. So that's, that's quite exciting. The host team is Qatar. As you know, it's controversial selection of host. They've got Ecuador, Senegal and Netherlands, which is quite a spread. It's maybe Africa's... I think you know for Senegal, that's that's a really strong opportunity for Senegal to get out of that group. I think they are the strongest team in Africa, in my opinion. And then of course Cameroon is playing against Switzerland, Serbia, and Brazil. That's very tough. And then we've got Germany, one of the previous World Cup winners, playing Spain in the group stages is exciting, as well as Japan. Which has been one of the toughest teams in Asia for a long time and Costa Rico, New Zealand. So it's quite a mix. Canada returns to the World Cup for the first time since 1986. Italy is missing, which is uh, quite shocking. So it's the second World Cup in a row that they've missed. Having lost in North Macedonia and a in the last seconds, but yeah, as I said, a very much a spread of teams. And what's interesting is that this thing is running in from the middle of November to the middle of December. Normally, as you know, it's it's around June and July in South Africa, but because of um, you know the temperatures in Qatar, they have to run it through. Uh, December.
0: That's uh, absolutely fascinating, and we will be good to see some uh, soccer being played against a World Cup. I think would be very, very nice. And on the other end of the sporting spectrum, uh, if we're talking about ball size anyway, the U.S. Masters Golf. What's going on there?
1: Yeah, so so the, it's, it's at Augusta this weekend, as is customary. The Masters returns. Just this morning, I was sent a video of was well, an advert uh, for the Masters, and it's got Tiger Woods walking around Augusta National. It's already had something like 800,000 views, and it wasn't even morning in the States yet. He's kind of been flirting with the idea of returning to the field. He obviously didn't play last year because he was injured, and of course he actually won the Masters not too long ago. You know, in sensational fashion, kind of returning, from, I suppose, the crisis in his life. So it's exciting. It's uh, it's, it's very well open um, the field this year. Uh, the Americans do dominate it, but there's still the likes of John Ram. You who's know, won A major already, who's kind of tipped to win one. Scotty Scheffler has become the world number one golfer. Um, and as said, it looks like Tiger's going to return. So it, I think from a spectacle point of view in golf, um, you know, the, the British Open might be you know, the oldest tournament and real tradition. But I think in terms of entertainment and pizzazz and celebrity, the Masters can't be beaten when it comes to golf. I mean, we're talking the best players in the world.
0: Yeah, if you're a golfer, definitely something worth looking at now uh some local news uh, and things for kids uh, we'll, let's have a look at that what in the world is the smoking dragon festival
1: so, so the smoking dragon festival is a music festival that takes place around the drakensburg they often have a new year's one and then this year they're actually having an easter festival so over the easter weekend and it, you know it's a music festival for those all ages of course these music festivals tend to attract I suppose, people in their 20s and 30s but it is really spread and there's all kinds of indie folk and obviously a lot of uh, i suppose dance music happening at smoking dragon it's very it's one of the most beautiful festival grounds i think i've ever been to you know the draft is breathtaking and even though we've had a pandemic the, luckily our nature hasn't got away with us so yeah it's it's held there at the amphitheater backpackers and there are all kinds of um, options on you know camping and staying at lodges and the like and everyone's welcome.
0: Now I was listening to a guy the other day who who was sort of very involved with the Polytones and then um, Wonderboom and, and all of these things. And I was just thinking that maybe 20 years ago South African rock had a bit of a moment where it was really producing some excellent music and some good bands. Uh, I think live music has taken a big knock in general because of the pandemic. Are festivals like Smoking Dragon helping to expose? Are there some new kids on the block? In that scene that we're starting to see
1: yeah well i I think all live entertainment took a hit during COVID. obviously live music's a big part of it because it's you know it's people in crowds uh if you just just, you know the the likes of big concerts had real problems because there were all kinds of artists that were signed to come and perform here and there's even talk of taylor swift apparently she'd basically sign on the dotted line Um, and then you've got festivals which you know that there aren't thousands and thousands of people necessarily But, you know, they're regular events for music fans and those things have, yeah, they're slowly coming back. Now, I I think what we are finding is that festival organizers are just a bit cautious because they don't want to lose money on the events. and They don't quite know if they can get nothing through the door. I mean, to be honest, I don't really think you could host an Copy at the moment. I just don't think people quite have the money. I think it's going to take a few more months to recover. Remember, sometimes people go to these things and their parents kind of are the people who buy the tickets and the like. Um, even as students so i think it, it, this year is going to act as something of a testing year to see what what sticks and you know what people are into because tastes also change and obviously a lot you know a lot of our tastes are kind of dictated to us to a degree or at least inspired to us by you know the larger markets especially the us um, so things like rock bands even rocking around the world has taken a bit of a hit you know to become a bit less popular i think r&b soul hip-hop are the bigger kinds of music now and obviously electronic dance music's huge so things are just adapting i must say though that for example short straw played this weekend in cape town they played two gigs apparently those are very well attended we got a new guitarist there um, a touring guitarist with zam so yeah events are happening but as i say i think it's it's a bit of a experimental year for organizers to actually see what people want don't forget things like tiktok social media have also changed how people consume music's a bit different yeah, people streaming Spotify is another one. You know, people just love watching Spotify. Don't be surprised if we suddenly have Spotify collaborating with a South African organizer and hosting a festival. Those things are possible, you know. Maybe they've replaced something like a Coca-Cola as the big sponsor.
0: Yeah, that is really, really interesting. Now, on the kids' side of things, Al, you and I grew up with Sonic the Hedgehog, but it was more of a TV game where you had a little you had a, a fast-running hedgehog collecting gold rings. Uh, now they, he's made it into the movies for a second time.
1: Yeah, so, so 2020, just the beginning of 2020, the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie came out. Um, it was very, it was actually really good. It had Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik, so it's a villain. And then it had James Marsden as this kind of human that Sonic meets. And I, th- I think people expecting the worst. At one point, they even had a horrible design for Sonic, which looked like nothing like the cartoon. There was a big backlash from fans, and then they redid it. And the movie was well-received. What's quite exciting now is the sequel's just released. It was released on Friday. And what's pretty awesome is it's got tails in it, and it's got Knuckles. If you remember the Red Nida. and what's really great about that is that Idris Elba is is the voice of uh, Knuckles, and apparently he kind of steals the movie because he's he's showing that he can star as anything. So if you're not going to make him James Bond, he'll be Knuckles. I'm not sure if
0: that's really an improvement, Al, To be honest, <laughs> I think we I think we do need to see Idris Elba as James Bond. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's uh, is about time. But all right, if you can't if you can't see Mr James Bond, perhaps you can go see Mr Sonic the Hedgehog, and I'm sure the kids will love it.
1: Look, I mean, I've always thought maybe the James Bond role is actually not good enough for an actor as good as Idris. I don't know how much depth it requires, but I'm being a bit nasty. I thought the last James Bond was excellent. But yeah, I think this is a great movie for the kids. I know they've just had holidays and there's this break back at school, and then it's back to Easter again. I think it's it's a good family movie, which you know it's entertaining. It's visually um, very welcoming. It's colourful, and it's 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 nice to watch a movie that's not you know just dark coming out of Hollywood. Because so much entertainment's been dark lately, I suppose, in light of the position the world's been in. But yeah, it's quite a fun movie, which is you know a throwback to the nineties um, video game, which was incredibly popular. And hopefully that'll you know get kids playing Sonic again because it's, it's an easy game to pick up, but not an easy game to finish.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Al, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show today. Uh, if people want to check out your uh, cultural engagements, where can they do that?
1: So you can still get some articles on Business Live and I'm launching a blog soon. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn at Alistair Anderson. And then if you just contact me there, I can send you some pieces.
0: Well, there you go. Alistair Anderson, our cultural correspondent. Al, oh, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you, Benji. There
0: we go. That's Alistair Anderson, our cultural rule correspondent for the New Blue Review.